Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us, and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Hello, I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes, the PR, comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi Harriet, how are you? I'm good, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. So we've got a great guest coming up this episode and it got me thinking about kind of the motivation and the drive you need that kind of hustle word again about being successful because I think it's really hard sometimes to focus on what that actually means because you know on a group that we sit on sometimes on social media it's really hard not to see what everyone else is doing and you know compare yourself when it comes to success what do you reckon? I think for me I've had to almost think about what are my values so why am I doing what I'm doing and a lot of it is about things like peace of mind or doing work that matters to me and making those small incremental changes in my life and also with the work that I do and I don't want to use the word brave because I guess you can't really define it as oh it's brave but I being in the public sector it does put a different spin on it but I think it is hard when you see everybody around you sort of maybe buying houses and buying a new car and maybe somebody announced that they've just got a new client who you know is probably going to pay them 30 or 20 grand a month it can be hard but I think it also comes down to what makes you happy what are you content with doing yes there's so many factors there yeah and we talked a little bit before we jumped on this around like there's a lot of agency hype that we see and sometimes I'm like who's actually doing the work like you're just literally talking about how brilliant it is and what I really like when I see it is quite a few agencies and individuals sharing the healthy ups and downs like oh lost two pictures today it was weird for this reason or had to like break up with a client today but we did it for these reasons or I just think as a for like both entrepreneurs who paint this like glorious picture about how work hustle hard work 24 7 I just think the reality is so much more nuanced than that and I think that those are really kind of healthy measures around like what the success look like and actually success might be I've taken off some time to focus on doing the work so I'm doing less on social because I'm really really busy or I'm actually doing some stuff with the kids at the moment or doing some stuff with friends and taking a bit of time out like I think those are successful things it doesn't have to be everything about like career and money I think it's just that kind of healthy split isn't it yeah and I think what makes some people happy And what makes other people happy is completely different. So, for example, I'm very much on work-life balance. Like, for me, I'm happy that I have a job at five o'clock. I switch off and I go and do what I want to do. don't have to worry about Slack messages. God, IT added me to Slack this week, so now I know all about Slack. But I don't have to worry about it because... Unless I'm dealing with a crisis comm situation, and I have done probably about three or four of those in the last two years, but unless I'm doing something like that, I really don't have to worry about, does this client want to look for me? And those are the things that I guess make me happy and content. And I guess also sometimes you do need to share the the downs of, of situations and, and share those mistakes and things that have gone wrong because things do go wrong it's not all smooth sailing it's not all amazing and I think also is you've got to get to that point where you're not it's either or so it's not burnout or go or it's nothing at all so you've got to get to that happy medium where you're actually on even though you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone but you are on that equilibrium and you're getting to that really good place where you can still do things in life agreed 
this week, we're joined by Lucy, who's a founder of The Wern, a PR and design do-it-for-you consultancy for startups. In May this year, she launched a new DIY PR and branding platform, Hype Yourself, following the success of the book, Hype Yourself, a no-nonsense DIY PR toolkit for small businesses. It's a hybrid solution of products, microcourses, masterclasses, and a signature program to address the current challenges small business owners face when building out their own brand and publicity. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for coming on today. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Um, so why did you choose to set up a PR practice for small businesses and startups in particular? I think just from my experience of big agency land where starting fees were around sort of three grand a month minimum and even then those kind of clients would be ignored because they were seen as small fee payers and then in my day-to-day life I was suddenly being surrounded by all these like wicked entrepreneurs and they just didn't have that budget but what they were doing as a product or a service and who they were and their story was so empowering I wanted to try and find a solution to help them be able to afford decent publicity without going bankrupt before they've even launched. Such a big thing with agencies and it's terrifying it's like the whole rebranding conversation is traumatic and you have a really distinct uh, vibrant brand for your own business what was your thinking around that and what advice do you have for people struggling to create like a brand identity? Do you know what it's funny I didn't actually have a distinct brand until I started really dating a branding person so handy if you're single definitely try dating somebody in the branding world to help out your business always a good thing (laughs) here for dating advice too no do you know what actually when I first started out I tried to really make myself seem bigger than I was and I think part of that was my big agency experience and getting not having confidence to be like I'm a solopreneur or I want to have a lifestyle business so I started off being like we are a global agency for cool brands here's my international client roster we 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 all the time and actually the pivoting point was when I was like oh it's just me on my own now and I bring in freelancers as and when I need to scale up and down but I'm the face of it and I'm the expert And I guess because I was putting my face forward, I sort of worked out my brand values and the strategy and what I wanted to talk about and what I didn't. So it was always PR focused. I was always like, I'm Lucy Werner, a PR expert. And I would just always share stories about either my journey building my business or around PR expertise and just stayed in that lane. So really the brand, although it's it's the visual, it's actually the personality side of it and why I do what I do and how I want to help the people I help that kind of came first. The visuals was sort of the fluffy bit at the end that actually I think everybody focuses on first. But actually you need to really know branding isn't really a logo. It's really about who you are, what you're doing. Once you really know yourself and you know that, and it's the core of your business, then it's so much easier to build your brand. Just, I mean, Harriet nodding along there, like, yeah, yeah you agree with that, because it's so true, isn't it? And I think, particularly when you work, like, I work for myself, and you have that kind of identity crisis a little bit when you've been in-house, and you're like, what am I, what am I doing here? And I think you're right, it's almost starting really simply about what you're trying to do, and then the rest kind of comes with it. Yeah, I kind of liken the word now as almost my drag alter ego. It's where I have the most fun, it's where I'm very colourful, it's where I'm, like, dancing and singing, and I'm playing up to the camera, and having a lot of sort of comedy and fun but I'm a little bit like a sort of a comedian that way like off Instagram sometimes I can be a bit like introverted or a bit quiet and a bit shy so I actually really have fun like creating my brand now because it sort of unleashes this amateur dramatic child in me that never got the stage break they deserved (laughs) you're so method Lucy I love it (laughs) (laughs) I think PR is a bit of a performance sometimes you're right so one of the things we've talked about a lot on this podcast and one of the things I really like about you and your business and I think you're an excellent case study for it is this thing about working 
on the business and in the business. So developing opportunities for your business. So you've got things like the 52 tip cards and then you've got the guidebooks and then you've also written your own book and then you've got a new one coming out. So how do you think that's helped you, but also helped you sort of talk to your clients as well about their thinking in that same way? I guess it's sort of two things really so I guess in on that client side of things if people are service-based businesses they sometimes think it's really hard to PR themselves and I'm like hey look I'm doing it like here's all the ways you can do it and then on the product side I guess I've got a level of empathy because I have products so I've experienced it in some ways launching those products on myself as a service and how I've done that has actually led to people finding me in other ways it's given me so much more to talk about other than oh I've just won this client and look at what I've done for them because there's all those pains of doing that. I think what it's really allowed me to do is diversify my income stream. So for me, I've got two young children. I wanted flexibility. I don't want to be getting that phone call at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon now from a crisis PR situation. Maybe again, later, I will return to that. But for now, I'm just like, I kind of want to pick and choose the work I do. And I'm very, very lucky and privileged that I can do that now because I'm recognize so I'm not seeking the work the work comes to me and I can choose what I want to take and what I don't have the capacity for it's not the right fit for me so typically on the agency side now I'm like the opposite of what everybody else wants I'm like, I don't want a retainer I only want to do like a project and then I want you to leave and go off and do it by yourself so I guess raising my profile has allowed me to get that profile that people kind of think of me and they come to me the bit I haven't ironed out yet which is actually there's kind of a shout out to anybody listening on your podcast is I don't have that bank of brilliant freelancers to refer to and I hate it when somebody goes oh, well if I can't work with you can you recommend an agency or a person to work with because unless I've worked with somebody personally I find it really hard to do that yeah I definitely kind of need to collab and meet more people in the PR industry that's one of my goals for 2021 2022 for sure yeah we'll we'll try and help so if anyone's listening get in touch with lucy and then something interesting you mentioned there was about the work coming to you and you work with some interesting businesses and founders so you work with people like jimmy's iced coffee and the marshmallowist how do you choose who you work with and the kind of work you take when i started i took anything that came pretty much because I needed to needed to pay the bills and I had a team and now it's much more about the founder probably and the relationship I have with them because I've realized even more increasingly even though I kind of should have known this right at the beginning so much of doing PR for somebody is almost sales and you're a part of that team and you need to understand them and their tone of voice and what would they say in response to this so you need to have access to that founder and I think a lot of business owners you don't get that with so that's why I cherry pick a few people that I think I can have an honest relationship with you if I say no that's not a good idea you just want to do that for your ego they'll go oh okay that was a bit direct but I'll take it and I'll work with that advice now it's a lot broader it's about whether or not I morally agree with it I specifically love helping to promote people from marginalized groups to give them a platform because I feel like traditionally especially in old big agency land it was who had the biggest money and the biggest wedge in their pocket and it's so much nicer for me now to be like I can actually help really nice people doing genuinely lovely things to get affordable support and to promote something that's brilliant so I won't take on stuff yeah, I don't want to start to like name called brands that I wouldn't work with <laughs> because I'm a PR boy, wouldn't do that. But before I left at big agency land, it was like a high street 
low alcohol summer wine or e-cigarettes or gambling like I don't really care about promoting those things to the universe if I'm honest so yeah ideally now it's like people who are who I love indie biz essentially and we've got quite a mixed audience and quite a lot of them are actually in-house so how would you advise them on hyping themselves like when they're like as part of a bigger organization not their own thing I think it's always sort of good to be the person that puts their hand up when people are looking for people to get involved and I don't think that necessarily always has to relate directly to your day job so for me learning as much as I can about every element of the business not just the sales and marketing side is so beneficial so I would always sort of try and get muck in almost sort of do sort of like work experience or internships in the different departments of the business if you can to really just get under the skin of it and I also think I always tell people that when it comes to your personal brand it's showing a bit of ankle so like showing a bit of what it is that you are I actually had a client yesterday was like I think I only have thigh I was like yes I agree so let's rein that in (laughs) but it's just showing a bit of your personality so I think increasingly leaders are interested to know what affects their teams, what they're passionate about, what causes they want to support. And so it's bringing that forward and saying, you know, how can I bring these things within the company culture and in, and improve it that way? Yeah, it's an interesting one, particularly the past 18 months. I was talking to someone else about this, about how we've all had to be a bit more like, oh, here's my kids and oh, I've just got a kitten. And it's like you've brought a lot of more of yourself kind of forced through this kind of like home working environment so I think that's going to be an interesting one as like the year kind of progresses really and, and what have you learned in particular working with small businesses and startups particularly the past kind of 15 months or so when everyone's had to adapt <laughs> I think the resilience and actually that the best thing about small businesses are agility to pivot very quickly I know the word pivot has been used or I just think of like Ross from Friends, like pivot with a sofa. I this the other day. I was like, what is this, this word and that meme always just comes up in my head. And yeah, with the sofa. always, <laughs> um, always. But also it kind of made me fall slightly back in love with media because I felt national media and broadsheets and magazines really did champion the underdogs in business. And we just haven't seen that such a long time that you know there was even sort of like pages in the daily mirror like double page spreads in the daily mirror of positive stories and you're like as if we ever thought that, that was going to happen in this universe you know so um there was for me I was like yes there was all this doom and gloom on the front end of papers and mags of the news but actually if you could weed past that some of the business interviews with founders have been transformative for businesses out there. And I think that's been one of the brilliant repercussions of it all. And talking about the last year or year and a bit, um, your youngest son was born um, with a heart condition. And so you've been raising money for Great Ormond Street. And what has that experience been like for you? And how has that changed the way you work or the way you sort of view just life in general? Yeah, he was born June 2019. So we were in and out of hospital with him until uh, January 2020 and then we just got sign off February 2020 that we can potentially go on holiday and so I thought I'm gonna take a month off month off but I was still kind of on maternity leave so I was just ticking things over really so I'm gonna take a month off and restructure my business and figure out what I want to do next and then this little thing called the pandemic happened so it's been quite a roller coaster since he first went into hospital. So he had four rare congenital heart defects. And actually, I guess that was where having the relationships we had with the clients I had worked really well. Most of my clients I'd essentially wrapped up, but I also oversee the branding side with 
my creative director, who's also the co-founder of my children. So it really is a family business. So we basically have to say to clients, okay, either we stop and we refund, we stop and you wait for us, or we find somebody else to take it on. And every single person was like, of course, we'll wait. And we had small business owners sending us healthy food, healthy drinks, writing us cards, sending us posts sending stuff to the hospital for the nurses who were looking after us and it was amazing and actually all I think Instagram really gets a bad rap but there were so many freelancers or people that I just met once who would send me messages or send me like care packages in the post that amount of like love and support was insane and so that like I I think somebody even like set up like one of those like like coffee coffee funds where you could basically like buy me a coffee and so I suddenly got like 300 quid from people buying me virtual coffees as thank yous for all the PR advice I'd given for free in that previous year and when you're like making no income and you're like staying in emergency accommodation obviously you are eating out it's hard to just make food for yourself all the time I had c-section so yeah it was a lot it was a lot and I was finishing writing my first book at that time and then he went for his fourth operation five days after I launched the first book which I obviously wouldn't have ever planned for those two things to intertwine so I think it's just I guess that's where a bit more of the drag also eco kicked in because I would use Instagram as my place to hide in and actually I think having that having the small business community and that creative outlet kept me sane and I definitely think if I didn't have that outlet and that distraction I would have been way more traumatized than I was. I definitely did have PTSD from that experience. I don't know anybody who would go through something like that who who wouldn't. But the community really kept me going and actually helping people to promote themselves when I didn't really feel like I could promote anything for myself because I had nothing to sell was actually really handy. And I guess now I never know, as part of the reason why I don't take retainers, I never know when he'll have open heart again. It will be within the next one to three years, but it could be next month, it could be six months, we don't know. So it always, I'm kind of a bit like a, sort of a bit like a polyamorous lover in PR, like I'll take a few people on, but I won't commit to a marriage with clients, because I just never know when I need to step away. And I think everybody kind of who works with us has that connection with us, they sort of know us, they know our backstory. So we would, I think walking into it now, we would be in a safe place if we needed to dip out for a month to do open heart surgery again. And in terms of raising the money, yeah, it's like the community's been great. I've given 50% of the profits from Hype Yourself. We're going to do 50% of the profits from Brand Yourself. Because like I said, that book definitely kept me going. And now we've done the next one. Me and Adrian have written the second book together. And I think it just, yeah, it just felt like it's such a big part of our story and who we are and the bigger purpose. And when it came to what is our bigger purpose and other than being supporters of equality, which we try and demonstrate in our day-to-day work and as our brand strategy, but it was like, what's a bigger cause that can actually really drive us on that revenue figure to like turn it over. So for me to make more money in book sales, to give more to Great Ormond Street is something that really drives me. And if you hit 10,000, you get in the annual, uh, they do a company like report. So I'd like to get in the company report. That'd be good. <laughs> That's the goal. I was saying to all our listeners, you have to go and buy the book. Definitely. You'll need to double the, we'll get more profits. I think that's a really interesting one because it's such a personal thing to share your family and your story. I have like a real identity thing around like work self and own self. To be upfront and share that is actually, obviously the 
terrible thing that's happened but the upshot of that is it's kind of brought the two together and it's kind of created that identity for you and like the way you've worked and you talked about the pivot there and I was like well actually in terms of standalone help you can offer people would appreciate that you wouldn't do retainers because you offer this and this I don't know it's just it makes so much more sense why you offer what you offer as well I, I love that and I think you know it's a funny thing because obviously it's deeply personal and at the moment it is sort of my story because he's a baby but actually he's coming up to tea now so pretty soon it's going to be his story and it's not mine to share anymore so, and I'm really mindful of that in the on the PR side of things that like at a certain point like I can't be sharing photos of him in hospital and stuff like that because it's about him but I think if I can raise awareness or support or help any other women or parents freelance or anybody to get through an experience like that because that's essentially how I got pulled through as somebody I know who'd had a gosh child as in like a great Ormond Street child like survivor and he just wrote me this amazing email of all this stuff and I just thought it was the best thing anyone's ever sort of written. It was kind of like a survival kit. And I remember him saying to me, like, when you get through the other side of this, you're a really strong person and you work in PR. When people leave, they don't want to talk about it. He was like, if you can talk about it and promote it, you could do some really good work for them and that will help you get through it. And I, I that kind of always like stuck with me that I was like, it would be an absolute travesty for me to work in public relations and not do something to promote what they did because they saved his life like no doubt about it that he would not be here without them so yeah it's nice to actually put the skills and everything I've learned to a greater good and it's so much of a nicer thing to do a book salesy thing when you think it's for charity as well I'm not just purely going buy my book it's like it's nice it's an easier conversation I think slightly yeah I mean to be honest you know you don't make you don't make loads from a book anyway so I feel like anybody's like setting out to write a book to make their millions stop right now yeah. <laughs> um that is that won't happen but the book has sent a lot of clients our way it, well, it's, it's, you know it validates stuff and, and what advice have you got for anyone looking to start up their own comms and sort of pr business by themselves <laughs> get business insurance make sure you've got some legal support <laughs> make sure you've got finance support if these are areas of your weakness and yeah just make sure you're being really careful if you've got a freelancer on retainer that is not a freelancer be really wary of like IR35 make sure you're kind of contracting properly it's all those things when you're starting out you don't necessarily think about but imagine you're basically a WPP agency and it's like who's managing your HR who's managing your finance who's your lawyer and if that's not something that you are skilled up in find the freelancers in that space who can support you with that because typically what I've found happens is people get in a pickle with their accounts or there's some kind of breach of contract and then they'll speak to legal or they'll wait till there's a disgruntled member of staff and then they'll seek HR. And actually, as we know in comms, it's always better to be ahead of the problem than afterwards. And they always spend a lot of time on the logo. <laughs> they do the logo on the website. And, the, and it's because, especially when you're in PR on comms, right, you know, you do that whole, I know when I was starting like Googling, like, what do I call myself? And every stupid name I came up with had been taken, like literally everything. Like, what about 12 yellow monkey brains? And, like stupid, like, and you just go through, and you're like, that was taken. Oh, damn it. And you just go through this whole process, you actually forget, like, actually you're the business side, which you're probably not so experienced in. Getting that in order is so important. <laughs> I mean, my, I used to be nicknamed like, so I'm Lucy Werner and I used to get like nicknamed the Wern or people would just call me Wern. Actually, it was really weird. I think it was definitely a large chunk of like gay men in my life who'd be like the Wern and it just like stuck with me. So when I went to set up the agency, I was like, uh, I'm just going to call it the Wern and then we'll figure out the name later. And then the Wern like fat fitted, weren't fitted, like W-E-R-N fitted in a square. And then people were like, oh, it's Wren. And I was like, 
good name not and they'll be like the worm but the thing is it's really good seo and other than every now and again i'll get the old client being like but why the worm and i'm like it doesn't really matter like it no one else has got it it's fine and actually that's why when then with the new platform which we've called like hype yourself before people always use like hype and they'll be like hype yourself up or they've got so much hype or they're a hype man that sort of thing but there was no hashtags using hype yourself on instagram when i started hype yourself and now i feel like in a certain very small group of very niche freelance people in my instagram echo chamber like hype yourself is about promoting yourself now and i actually got invited to do a talk on um somebody was like oh I'm doing a, a workshop called hype yourself and I wonder if you wanted to lead the talk on it oh. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I am the talk <laughs> I am that's my book <laughs> it's like asking Emma Gannon if she wants to talk about like multi-hyphen it's like she is the multi-hyphen method like you don't invite them to do that workshop anyway I digress but I've actually got that trademarked on marketing and PR now because I was like seeing lots of people doing like conferences and workshops and I was like oh it's kind of my book (laughs) (laughs) tell us about your new book before you go because that'd be really good to include that as well well that's rather imaginatively called brand yourself but that is because obviously my partner as I mentioned does the branding side and we were getting loads of people coming to us being like I need a logo and you're like for the love of God, you need more than a logo. So we were like, we're going to create like the equivalent of Hype Yourself, but for brands. So to do your brand strategy, then we help you with a bit of toolkit. Logo is last in that. Then I do a bit on personal branding. And then we give loads of ideas of like low budget, big impact, like creative tips that you could use with your brand for your business. Because I think everybody thinks they need to have, you know, like a John Lewis Christmas campaign budget to do something. And it's like, no, no, here's some a bunch of ideas. And then actually the crucial bit, like how to brief somebody on a brand, how to brief a printer, what the different types of people in branding are. As a segue, can we just at some point talk about the title creative director and what a load of rubbish that is? Because there's one in every single industry and it means something different. So don't even get me started, but that's in there. That is a really good one, actually, about creative because I'm like, and also like, there's just a lot of silly names. We've talked about strange role names before, but I interviewed someone on, on another podcast I do, and she was in Adlan, and she's like, you know, the, the jobs are getting more ridiculous. They're more ridiculous. I'm expecting, I'm expecting more around pivot expert, pivot wizard. There's a brand alchemist as well. I saw on LinkedIn. Don't know what that is. Oh, what we, we were going to interview someone that was called um, a brand evangelist, and I was like, oh. That bothers me. <laughs> it just bothers me. There's just a lot in there, isn't there? It's just, they'd vote Trump if they're American. I don't know. It's just that kind of like, yeah. I'm all for like kind of having a creative way to describe what you do, but maybe not in the intro. Like I'm much more Ron Seal when it comes to the intro. Just say what it is that you do, be done. So yeah, so that's coming out September the 9th. It's available for pre-order on all channels now. If you're really into supporting your local, order it in at your local bookshop. But it is obviously on all the biggies. Lucy, that was really good. I'm thinking I'm going to do a workshop called Hype Yourself. You should <laughs> definitely come, come yeah. and speak. And then I'll give, I'll give some advice on how to brand yourself and get a logo done on Canva. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, can you actually just pay somebody on Fiverr? <laughs> oh, God, don't. Yeah. We could get someone on fire for TP to do that. Do it then. Fine. See you later. (laughs) Oh, thanks so much for coming on. That was really great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for joining us. And everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes. We're talking about the questions and issues that matter to you. So DM us on social or get in touch with Harriet at commsovercoffee.com or myself, Rebecca, at threadandfable.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review, subscribe so others can find us and have five minutes with us. Find us on Twitter at RebeccaRobert7 or at Harriet Smallsy. Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on.